Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hey, 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 Soph. Oh, bonus ep. You are mixing it up. I'm pepped up. No, we're super excited for this week's bonus ep. It's a little bit of a surprise one. It's about a bit more of a serious topic. We chat to the beautiful Camilla Freeman Topper co-founder of Camilla and Mark, all about their campaign to raise awareness for ovarian cancer. Yeah, it was a great episode and we also asked her how she balances her mum and work life, what are the upcoming trends for winter, how we can feel good about ourselves postpartum in terms of our wardrobe when we're feeling just down and out and in a (laughs) funk. So, yeah, we cover it all. We do. We do. In this one and we thank Camilla so much for taking the time to come and chat with us. Yes. Hello, Camilla. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is such a pinch us moment. We're a little bit starstruck, but we'll get into it. If people are listening and they don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and your family? I am, well, firstly, hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I am Camilla Freeman Topper, the creative director of Camilla Mark and I love my job. I love what I do. I'm so blessed and grateful and I feel an immense amount of pride and fulfillment with what I do every day. So, yeah. That's a good place to be. And you have a family of your own, is that right? I do. I have I have three gorgeous children, a daughter that's 13, another daughter 12, and a 7-year-old little boy. And it's a it's a real journey being a mother, I must say, and I'm sure you guys know all too well about that. Yeah. And when did uh, the start of Camilla and Mark kind of fit into that? Uh, it, did, it was the birth of that. Was that your first baby or uh, <laughs> did that come later? <laughs> no, Camilla and Mark was my first baby. I, I definitely, it feels like I've got four now. So um, yeah, it, we, Camilla and Mark started when I was 21. Wow. I think, like 21 so. And how old's Mark? Well, how old was Mark? He was 23. And he's your brother. He's my brother. Not your partner. No, brother. (laughs) Not my partner. It's a common misconception. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's my brother and we started the brand because we loved fashion. That's another whole long story, but Mm. really wanted just to create clothing to make women feel beautiful and we're still doing what we love nearly 20 years later. That is so good. It must be such a testament to both of you. I feel like what you design is not only beautiful, but also makes women feel so powerful. Mm. And yeah, it's incredible. But we're here today to talk about an incredible initiative that Camilla and Mark do, I believe, every year. Are you able to tell us a bit about that? Sure. Yeah. We launched our Ovaries Talk About Them campaign three years ago. And it's basically in honour of our mother who passed away from ovarian cancer close to 30 years ago. And it's all about raising much needed awareness, firstly, around ovarian cancer. And it's also about raising money because it's 
a very underfunded area of research because there is no early detection test. Mm. And close to 30 years later, our statistics are still the same. That's crazy. And what is the current diagnosis procedure? (sighs) Okay. So firstly, everyone needs to understand, and this is the common misconception, is that you can have a pap smear test Mm. and that will tell you if you have have ovarian cancer. It does not. There is no test. So this initiative is all about trying to raise money to get an early detection test into clinical trials in the next four years. Yeah, because how it stands at the moment, because there's no early detection test, a lot of women by the time they're, you know, showing symptoms and I guess like throughout our life we're used to, you know, putting up with bloating and putting up with pain and putting up with all these, you know, weird symptoms that are happening in that kind of reproductive area Um, and a lot of the time by the time women are diagnosed it, it can be too late. Exactly. So this is the this is again another very common misconception. Period pain is actually not normal, right? Period, like everyone thinks that you can just take a tablet, you know, a pain relief tablet and get on with your day. But these common issues are not actually normal. And if they continue to persist after a period of time, you should go see your doctor. Mm. You know, if you have continued bloating or problems with constantly going to the bathroom, you should go and seek help. Because again, like you said, by the time women are usually diagnosed, they're usually stage three or four. And by that stage, like it's treatable, but the chances of survival are very slim. And so at the moment, what do you, what is the process to be diagnosed and, you know, what's the actual process? The only way to reliably diagnose ovarian cancer is to get a tissue sample biopsy of the suspected cancer. This can be done with an image guided biopsy where they can put a needle into the area under an ultrasound or CT This is very technical, I know, but sometimes this is also not possible and you need to undergo surgery. And from my experience, that's usually the best way to diagnose if you've got cancer and this is required for a definitive diagnosis. So So I guess put simply, it's incredibly invasive as the first port of call to get a diagnosis. yeah. Yeah. I guess the point is like if we can try and get an early detection test into clinical trials, we will greatly change the face of Mm. ovarian cancer and the survival rates will be significantly more. And so your slogan is ovaries, let's talk about them. So what should we amongst our group of friends on podcasts, on Mm. social media, what should we be talking about? Like what do we think is going to make that difference? Okay, so as you said, ovaries talk about them is an ovarian cancer campaign and this year Like every year, it's a message that is very loud and very clear because women deserve better. You know, it's a global campaign with a groundswell of support from celebrities, influencers globally that has gotten behind the campaign. And women need to talk about this. They need to talk about these issues over a cocktail, over dinner with their families. The conversation needs to be had and needs to continue to be had. And that's really what we're trying to do. And how much, is there any indication of like how much more needs to be raised before, you know, there can be progress Mm. or is it pretty in the dark? Well, every year we get closer and closer, but, you know, every single dollar, every single cent that we've raised so far goes straight to Associate Professor Caroline Ford at UNSW, which is, you know, it's just amazing that she's like, you know, in our city and almost on our uh, our doorstep. And 100% of the sale of all T-shirts, all merch, whether it's the hoodie, the crew, whatever it is, all goes straight to finding a test. 
there's no middleman, there's no percentages skimmed off. It goes directly there to advance, I guess, the blood test to get into clinical trials in the next four years and will hopefully be available at your regular GP. This would be groundbreaking, seriously. Absolutely life-changing. And can I ask, what was the drive for you both to start this campaign? My eldest daughter was getting close to the age that I was when my mother passed away. And I posted something on Instagram. Mark and I sort of had always wanted to do something, but to be really honest, I just, I didn't feel like I had the courage or the, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it publicly until this point. Yeah. When I posted an image of my mum on ovarian cancer day, it was a couple of years ago, like maybe four years ago. And the amount of support that I got from posting that photo was honestly, it was astonishing. And I felt Mark and I sort of had talked about, as I said, talked about doing something. And we just sort of thought, you know what, the time is now. Like I finally realized what my mom would have felt leaving me and Mark behind as my eldest daughter got close to the age that I was. And I think it just, it gave me the confidence and the push. It was terrifying. I won't lie. The first year, um, it was really terrifying and it opened up a lot of wounds and a lot of things that I probably hadn't necessarily mm. felt like I dealt with. And this campaign in many ways has almost been incredibly healing for both of yeah, us. I can imagine. But with time, but I fully understand when you first launch it, when it is something that close to you, that personal, you know, it's all well and good to say, oh, share the story, raise awareness. But that is like, that is your story. Like that is, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, it was it was, yeah, I, I, I remember we launched the campaign. I was in Paris for Fashion Week and I, I looked at Mark and I said, I'm so happy that we're not in Sydney because <laughs> I don't know if I could have faced this because it was so emotional. But watching how him and I have now gone through the last few years of launching the campaigns and each year and then also talking so openly about it and I've done lots of speeches and it's been, like I said, it's just been very healing. And I think talking about these things and talking about grief is so important. And do you have any advice for other women whose mothers have passed from cancer and gotten to an age where, you know, it's the same age where their mother's passed away, they've got children, obviously for you that was a trigger. What is something that you could say to them to not make the process easier, but like, is there any tools or conversations, psychologists, anything that you can do around that time to help you make it less painful? Yeah, look, I'm not a counsellor, so I can't, I can't speak from, you know, I'm not a professional, but yeah. I can only speak from my personal experience. Absolutely. I think, I mean, take your grief and use it to sharpen your focus. Like, I've learned to live each day in the present, love those women around me, love those men around me, love everyone around you deeply. Like I think, you know, it's just so important to be in the present. And like I think you just need to treasure every moment, you know, and I've I've definitely over the years worked on that hard because I just think it's the only way to just enjoy every moment. It's just life's so fleeting, you know, life is so fleeting. And I think just be in the moment and be with the loved ones and just focus on that and appreciate the smile, appreciate the hug, appreciate the voice, the warm tea, you know, Hmm. just, I don't know, living life 
with a richer, purer focus, I think is just so important. Now, that's really resonating with me because I've been battling a bit of anxiety and depression lately. And whenever I go and think about what I should have done or what I should be doing, I keep reminding myself to just be present in the day that I have and actually sit with myself in this day. And what that gives is it takes the pressure off my mental state for me to only focus on what I can control and it is only today and then the next day gets easier and then the next day after exactly. that. Exactly. No, it's a really good thought to have. Yeah, and also like talking about it, talking to your friends, talking to professionals, seeking out assistance. We can't do this on our own. The most powerful people are the ones that are like that have therapists. Mm. I say that all the time. Like the smartest people that I know are all in therapy. Create a support system around you. If you don't have one that's family, go out and seek it. There are support groups. There's, you know, there's people out there to help. And there's no shame in seeing a therapist because most therapists have therapists themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We spoke to a widow once actually, and she said that one of the things that like, you know, after death people around are often scared to bring up that person. Do you feel like part of this campaign has helped in the way that you're now able to, I guess, speak about your mum so openly and keep her you know, somewhat alive in the conversation and in the, you know, the legacy that that continues? Of course. Like I, it's amazing. Like I, I, I every year I get, I mean, I speak to my mom's friends all the time, but I just got off the phone earlier to one of my, um, one of my mom's closest friends. And she, she said, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I'm just going to mention it. Anyway. Go for it. She said, I love every year when the campaign launches. I'm never exactly sure when it's about to happen, but when it does, <laughs> I go on this journey of like down memory lane and it's just so beautiful. And I do, I, I think to answer your question, I think it is really important for me to be able to help people talk about it as well. Mm. Like I think, I think it's helped the community around us heal um, she was really like very, very active in the community and we had, she had lots and lots and lots of friends. So I think it's helped them sort of, yeah, go through that healing as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, the work you are doing is so, so incredible, but we thought we would just ask you a couple of questions on a slightly lighter note about motherhood and, um, and you know, the other work that you do. Do you have any tips on juggling motherhood and work? Ah, my favourite question. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've got all the answers, right? (laughs) No, I don't, but I try every day to make it that much better and that much more balanced. But the only thing I can say as a a working mother and wife, I would say try your hardest to be organised. It's it's a lot juggling three kids, especially as like two of them are now teenagers, young teenagers. and. Tell me now, is that harder? Harder than babies? It is harder, actually. (laughs) It's so much harder. It's so much harder. Juggling the schedules. You know, I I tell my girls all the time, if you've got an arrangement and you want to go somewhere, you need to put it in the diary. It's not on the diary. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Imparting them, imparting them, you know, responsibility to make sure that they're organized as well. So if they're organized and we're organized, it can be a lot easier, but also just making sure that I'm like prioritizing my time with my family Mm. over work is like my first thing. So when I start my schedule the week before the week that happens, I make sure that you know, I, I can be there and available for pickup in the afternoon or drop off in the morning, taking to activities, 
you know, and then having work, doing work in between those times. And then also once they're like gone to bed, which is probably not the healthiest thing, but I love my work. So it gives me enjoyment. Which let's be honest, as someone who has two kids in daycare and I watch Jade navigate with her kids in school, the school day, like you're picking them up halfway through the freaking day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's it. So it's it. got like five seconds to actually get shit done and then yeah. by the time you've done it you're like, okay, I've got to go back to pick up. But how do you, I mean, in such a high position that you are, like how do you manage like having that guilt sometimes that you might be doing too much work and not enough play and, you know, not focusing with the children enough but you're just trying to balance out your entire life. Like I am nowhere near probably what you do day to day and I really do just fall in a heap because I'm like I'm burnt out, I can't think anymore. Like is there anything, do you do meditation, is there any tools like exercise that you do to help you day to day? Absolutely. I'm Tell me all your tips. I'm an avid Tracy Anderson. I'm not part of the cult. <laughs> That's what they all I'm say. I'm not part of the cult, but I'm definitely an avid subscriber. Yeah. That allows me the mental like the balance in my mental health, I find, and it allows me to be super present in that moment for that hour every day. If I don't do it, I'm a grumpy grumpy yeah. mum. And the kids sometimes get involved. It's kind of cute. They they, they, they they can't really keep up, but they try, <laughs> especially when we're in lockdown. I was like, come on, guys, let's get moving. Yeah. But to, to answer your question, look, I think you need time for yourself. You mm. need to allow time for them. You need to allow time for work. And you're like every day, you're not going to get everything always right. And just be gentle on yourself, mm. you know, just be gentle. I think as um, one of our guests once said, you know, people think of the juggle as being, you know, 25% work, 25% family, 25% self, 25% friends or social life but really like there's going to be weeks where it's going to be 75% work and you know the rest you've just got to fit in in the other 25% and then there's other weeks that you know maybe your family you know it can really shine and you have 60% family but I think if we're constantly trying to do these things in 25% quarters it's net we're always going to feel like we're dropping the ball on something. Totally totally like every day just you can be as organized as you want but you know when you I mean you have children like you basically have got no control of anything anymore (laughs) you know what I mean so yeah I I don't think anyone should subscribe to any percentage of anything it's just whatever whatever they can get done that feels right to them and to not worry about what other people think of you know it's judgments and that it's it's whatever's right for you you know I just do what's right for me and what's right for my family. And like, you know, last night I, could, I had to go out for dinner with my team because we were starting a new collection and that's what we do. And we get, we start a new collection and I felt bad because I wasn't with the kids. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll be with them tomorrow night. You know, yeah, you just, that's it. you just got to, you got to, you got to be sensible with the way that you, you know, yeah. Yeah. Now it's fashion week in Sydney at the moment. And um, we would love to hear what are some upcoming fashion trends? We sat here before you came on and we're like, fuck, we're sitting in a t shirt. And like, what do you is, wear? What do you wear when you're talking to Camilla? <laughs> <laughs> what should we be looking well, out for? You look for? very chic. Very style. Um, These headphones are doing it, aren't they? <laughs> I think, 
you know, I think some upcoming trends or trends that are currently happen like right right now are relaxed trousers styled with a simple tee. Oh, I'm wearing that right now. Exactly. You know, like timeless tailoring also is really, really like a great staple to have in everyone's wardrobe and is, I think, you know, a forever fashion um, trend. I think sexy shapes is also out and about like cutouts, bit of shoulder, bit of back showing. I'm loving some sheer knitwear, tonal dressing, and also like always the forever trench coat. You guys, if you know anything love about our trench. brand. <laughs> I love your trench. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, that was really full on. It is really, really good. Anyone that hasn't seen it, check it out. I do love a good trench coat. So you're telling me because I feel like, you know, women maybe of our generation are all collectively holding our breath, freaking out that low-rise jeans and pants are going to be everything. And unless we're wearing them, we're not going to be keeping up with trends. But you're telling us that the relaxed trouser, even high-waisted, that, that's fine too. Oh we can goodness. still be trendy. Of course, <laughs> of course. And, you know, like there's all these women that always say, like, I can't wear a cutout or I can't do this. Just throw a blazer over the top and you cover it I know. It up. You're right. Layer it. Yeah, layer it. And speaking of women of our generation or or mothers, um, sometimes in that postpartum period or even for quite a long time after we've had children, dressing can be hard. Like we don't really feel ourselves. We want to keep a bit, a bit of our like Old pre-child self. self but don't know how that can kind of reflect now. Do you have any tips for, you know, working our wardrobe and, and making it so that our wardrobe makes us feel good rather than shit. Yeah. I mean, look, guys, I've been through three pregnancies. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. I live by the philosophy of less is more, you know, do what works for you. Keep it simple, right? Like have a wardrobe of basics that you can build upon, you know, the perfect Mm. tee, blazer, jean, trouser, trench, and then just, you know, seasonally accessorize them, change your shoes or your bag. But like, I don't know. I just think keeping it simple, is the best philosophy, especially, you know, in the in the early years of being a mother. I'm with you, Camilla. And do you have 100%. any tips for like, you know, still wanting to look our best but being time poor? Do you have any like treatments or, or anything like that that just make you feel yourself when you might have, you know, five minutes to rush out the door to go to work in the morning? Look, I, I live by a very... Um, I guess my my beauty is you asking me what my beauty regime is or what my beauty or like even recently I got like a semi permanent treatment on my hair which means my hair can just air dry and it you know generally looks good rather than before I had to like you know would have to find the time to blow dry it if I wanted it to look good like any little mum hack little mum hack that's a really good hack that you did yeah that's brilliant look I I'm actually going to steal that go do yeah, it yeah I think it's really brilliant I think you know what like just do what you can in the time that you have and not putting too much pressure on yourself. Like I, I go and get a facial once a fortnight. That's like just Mm. non-negotiable. It leaves my skin really clear. I drink loads of water to help that, you know, in between. And that means that I don't have to put plenty of makeup on my face every day because I don't have time for it. I try and, you know, do my, like wash my hair, twice a week if I can so that my hair's mostly like done and it's just I don't have to redo it every day Mm. or just slicking it back in a pony just the things that I don't know it's like do what you can but don't put too much pressure on yourself you know well I thought I thought about you today and I'm like shit I'm gonna have to blow dry my hair because you know like I should look half decent and I thought you know what 
I'm slicking this bad boy back. You look, you look gorgeous. You look with headphones. So gorgeous. Do you know what though? With <laughs> headphones, it doesn't matter what you do. So I sort of just gave up and went, "Fuck, who cares?" You look gorgeous. You look the, the slick, you look fabulous you. all the time. The slick back hair is, I think it's it's chic, it's modern, and. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> and if you're dealing easy. with postpartum baby hairs, go get yourself one, like a brow gel or whatever and you just slick that shit back and no oh, yeah. one would know you have a full-blown crown of hair growing <laughs> back over the whole of your head. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we think the work you're doing is yeah. so important. We're really proud to be able to be part of getting the word out there. And, yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you, ladies. I think I also just wanted to mention, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, if your listeners want to jump on to the website or go into any boutique nationwide, they can do that um, and buy the merch. Or if they don't want to buy the merch but they'd like to contribute in some way, they can go on www.camillaramark.com and they can donate there. Fabulous. And we'll link it in the show notes too if people want a direct link to the donation page. Amazing. Thank you. Beautiful speech. Thank you. Beautiful. Lovely to chat with you. (laughs) Lovely to chat with you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.